Hi everyone, my name is Laura, and you're listening to LF Photo Space, a podcast dedicated to all things photography from my perspective. Guys, it is and it is hot out there. It is a hot summer. And in order to close our very interesting second season, we are going to talk about and give you the best and the most effective and the simplest and quickest way to get your wedding photography down packed. I know that we are right in the midst of wedding season for many. If not, we are entering fall, summer, I apologize, slash fall wedding season. And what a way to get those tips down packed so that you can start accumulating those leads for wedding photography, for summer photos, for fall photos, for next year, so on and so forth. So without further ado, we will get started and we're going to give you very quick and very simple tips that you can definitely use to make your wedding photography work for you and some of these are mine i will share other important details but i just want to get you through some of the most basic the most if we can say common sense tips to get you started and get you squared away so wedding photography if you haven't done it already or you don't currently do it then you're really pretty much missing out because it is a good way to bank. I'm not gonna lie. I am going to tell you that it is a good way to have funds. It's a good way to pay your bills and it's a fun, but yet bits and pieces of stressful situations because if you are a solo photographer, you have a lot more pressure to do well. If you are working in a team or a duo or perhaps a trio, you may be able to split all of the different aspects of working all kinds of wedding photography. That include videography that is actually becoming more and more popular among weddings and clients who would prefer a video over a set of photos. And we'll talk about that a little later on in our third season, which is coming up in a couple of days, a couple of weeks. We're only taking a quick break just to kind of get our head around summer and summertime and enjoy some time um, hanging out, you know, having a good time, etc. So again, if you haven't done or if you haven't started your wedding photography gigs, then my best suggestion is to start now if you're hoping to do it later on maybe when it's a little less hot maybe entering jumping from summer to fall to perhaps winter then this is a great way to get started to get your numbers straight to make sure you have all the equipment that you need and so that you are successful in your quest to become a great professional wedding photographer slash amateur wedding photographer if you're doing it for the first time or if you haven't done it in a while to jump right into it so we'll tell you about the tips and tricks and we'll talk a little bit about what things you can do to make those images great how to work with your clients etc etc and so our first tip is definitely something simple that each one of you guys can do i've done this in the past and i always continue to do it because it's something so simple but very very important and that is to create a shot list now this is potentially one of the most helpful tips that i've given regarding wedding photography If you're going to be working with a specific couple or if you're looking to work with couples actually, you want to think ahead of the shots that they as the couple would like to capture on that very special day. So by helping them and of course yourself to compile a list, you can check off each of the people, the individuals, the settings whatever they prefer to do off of your list as you begin 
to take the pictures on their very special day. And quite frankly, there's really nothing worse than getting photos back and realizing that you perhaps didn't get a chance to photograph the happy couple with their grandparents or perhaps a niece, an uncle, you know, a cousin, a mom or a dad even. And you, you'd be surprised how many times that can happen because you're focusing on them, you're focusing on perhaps the bridesmaids, the grooms or um, the bridesmaids, the the groomsmen and so on and so forth so you want to make sure that you're able to gather as much information from your couples as you can and to basically pick their brain to get an idea of how they want to proceed and where they want to start because it's important it's an important day for them and it's definitely an important day for you because you're gonna be working anywhere from six to potentially eight to potentially 12 hours in one day. So you wanna make sure that you've got your equipment, that you've got your shot list, that you're ready to go. If you're working with others, that they're also aware of what everyone wants and everybody's doing so that you are successful at your quest for photographing, whether it's your first wedding, whether it's your third wedding, perhaps even your 10th wedding, okay? So in regards to photographing overall, you want to focus on the family, you want to focus on the bride and groom, you want to focus on friends, close relatives from one area to the other area. And basically what you want to do is you want to help find someone that can assist with directing how this particular photo shoot is going to go because you have to think that you're not only going to be photographing your bride and groom but you're also going to be focusing on loved ones family members you know special people in the grooms and the the bride's life and this comes to play when you have that particular person that can help with coordinating what at what point during the reception or perhaps at what point before you arrive at the church or as you're entering with the bride or if the groom happens to arrive first you want to help find that person to help you coordinate and you want to make sure that you do it before they do tend to start the celebration meaning if they're drinking or if they're starting to drink to make sure that you grab them at a particular time where they're not going to be someone that's going to misguide you or misdirect you on how these photo shoots or perhaps many photo shoots will go now you want to make sure that you get assistance from the bride and groom make sure that if they trust a family member to perhaps become that director of the photo shoot that that's going to help you they can easily round up the people that you want to photograph at a particular time then you can get them in the shot you go ahead and you keep things moving you know you have a schedule to adhere to so this will help you to continue to move and flow with everyone and every family member that is going to be together with the bride and groom and make it so that it's easier for the bride and groom to go back to obviously enjoying the party making sure that they're mingling that they're speaking to everyone that they've invited obviously all their guests etc etc now another good tip is to be able to scout a good location or perhaps you as a photographer or slash photographers you want to make sure that you are able to scout the location that this reception or where the actual wedding is going to take place you also want to make sure that you visit locations at different places that you'll be shooting before the big day. So let's say that your particular couple has a couple of ideas or has a few ideas of their own regarding what locations and where and at what specific time during the beginning of the ceremony that they would love to go ahead and be photographed and you want to make sure that you check those places out before the big day it'll make a lot more sense and i'm sure that many of us 
pros out there or those of us who consider ourselves pros don't really have time or wouldn't necessarily have time to do this but i think it's really really helpful to know exactly where you're going so that you have a few ideas of perhaps maybe positions that you'd like to photograph the couples in or the family members in so that you are able to help with that photo shoot with that coordinator or that family member that suddenly becomes that director that is able to assist with how you're going to shoot okay and it's a nice way to create those engagement photos that will give you that personal touch as to how you chose to work with that couple so that their shoot becomes as unique as it possibly can because that's also very important. Now, please keep in mind that wedding photography is very different than many of the other types of photography that we've discussed because you want to be prepared you need to be prepared you want to make sure again that you have everything to the t that you would like to keep during this particular time that you're working and communicating closely with your couples your family members to ensure that everybody understands what those steps are and how you're going to move along on that very special day you know Again, so many different things could potentially go wrong on the big day. And you have to make sure that when we say that you're prepared, basically it means that you have a plan A, that you potentially have a plan B, and that you're able to function and pick up right where you leave off if there are any sudden changes, whether it be perhaps a change in the weather, perhaps the bride has decided to go a different route, perhaps maybe the groomsmen are arriving late there's so many different scenarios so you want to make sure that you think ahead of that for any potential hiccups that you could easily fix and go back to and jump right back into what you were doing you also want to make sure that for example your batteries are charged if you have an extra set of battery for your camera for your flash that you have that ready to go a very important aspect of that is making sure that you have a comfortable camera bag i am a believer that sometimes camera bags that resemble book bags really do work but you also have to keep in mind that you have to be comfortable if you're by yourself you don't want to carry something that is going to perhaps give you or raise your body temperature where you're uncomfortable and if you're wearing a long sleeve shirt as an example or perhaps you're wearing pants or perhaps you're wearing a blouse if you're a lady if you're a gentleman that you're comfortable enough where you can move around easily and there's very little very little I guess heavy equipment that you have to carry because you need it now I am a believer that if you're comfortable with a book bag that is a camera bag the more power to you I have book bags or I do have one particular book bag that I use when I travel or when I photograph it holds the lenses that I know that I'm going to use as well as perhaps my laptop if I need it in case I am looking to photograph and then start to edit or kind of allow the couple to see how far along we've come. I don't really recommend that, but that is something that you can do for yourself. Maybe if you have a little bit of quiet time after you've done a lot or a majority of the photos that you're able to look at the images that you've taken and perhaps maybe make slight determinations as to what you want to use or what you're going to present to your couple um i would say if it were up to me i would definitely choose a cross body bag that is a camera bag that you're able to have your batteries charged like i said that you have blank memory cards or that you have at least a second or a second backup to your first camera um card or your i'm sorry your memory card 
you want to think about different routes and times to get to the places that you need to in case you encounter any sort of traffic or perhaps there's a, anything related to weather or maybe you're just at a time crunch and you didn't realize that maybe turning one way or going into one direction as opposed to another that 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 might run you a few minutes late so you definitely want to get an itinerary of a full day so that you know what's happening from point a to point b if you can you want to make sure that you're able to attend perhaps the rehearsal of the ceremony where you're going to gather a lot of good information about possible positions to shoot from perhaps the lighting is something that you can work around if you know what your lighting is going to be and the order of the ceremony and other different options that your couples may decide to work on another great uh, tip is to definitely and most importantly set expectations with your couples you want to show your couples how you work and your style of work okay and that reflects via showing them previous work it works with how you're going to handle them and how you're going to cater to what they're looking for basically molding yourself to what their personalities may be and getting along well with them enough to understand and allow their ideas and their concept of that special day to come to life when you begin your photographing you want to make sure that you know how many shots they really want or are hoping to get you want to learn key things like you know perhaps maybe recording a conversation with them so that you can grasp as much information about their ideas as possible you know how these shots are definitely going to be used in regards to how they want to use them you know if they want to print them if they want them to be printed and then framed if you're able to do that if you have that capability you want to make sure that you also introduce that to them that you have that flexibility where you can offer those kinds of services and if you're charging them for the event you also want to make sure that the agreement of the price has been set in place way up front so if you're contacted by the couple and you have an idea of how much you're going to charge them if the price is correct and both parties are in agreement then you definitely want to create an agreement have them sign it if you choose to do for example an option to have them pay a 50% of the fee and then when they receive their photos or their package that they pay you the day of before you submit or before you hand them the images you are the photographer you know how you work and you know the type of deals and perhaps the best options that will work for you but make sure that you are upfront about what you want to do make sure that your couples understand what you're charging for and if there are extra fees perhaps if they're asking you for last minute requests or if they're asking you for things that you didn't really including your initial agreement that you revise that and that if you're willing to agree to it and you're willing to provide that type of service that you include it in a revised agreement that there is a clear view of what both parties really want and that they both agree on another thing that you definitely want to work on is to turn off the sound on your camera if your camera has that capability I've realized that there are a lot of DSLR cameras out there that have sound or perhaps have a microphone. So make sure that if you're if you've already used your camera and you know where the sound system is where you can shut it off if you need to, that you understand that and that you have that down packed before, perhaps a few days, if not even potentially a week before the big day, so that you don't run into an issue where you don't remember or you forget or that you have enough time for you to be able to take care of items like that. 
You know, you definitely want to make sure that you look out for beeps during speeches. If your focus is to video, to create a videography project of that particular day, perhaps the kiss once they're done or perhaps once they've the ceremony has concluded at the church, if that is where you're going to be. Make sure that you're capturing your vows if you're close enough for your recording video and your understanding and you can listen in to what each person is saying to one another and you definitely want to switch off any other type of camera sound beforehand to keep them off and be prepared so it's just it may sound a little bit redundant but it is important for you to note that because it is very important and you would be surprised to know how many times you've been in the middle of recording perhaps the special day or recording an event that you're really excited about that you've captured in specific in specific eloquent um in a, in a very eloquent manner and then you realize that there's back sound or there's perhaps a background sound that is really disrupting perhaps a speech or a conversation so you want to make sure you take care of those things Now, another great tip is to shoot the small details. And when I mean that, I mean, don't just focus on your bride and groom. Focus on perhaps the environment that they're in, the room. You can, and you're able to, of course, to photograph perhaps the decorations on the table if they're doing a wedding at a home or perhaps at a specific location if the ceremony is going to take place at a hotel make sure that if there are decorations there are flower arrangements that you're able to capture that and try and make it so unique that it only pertains to the couple and it's special to the couple okay you can photograph i'm sorry anywhere from you know each point from the menu that is being provided if there is one that is being provided you can focus on very minimal things like perhaps if you're working with the groom first if you want to photograph the rings for both your groom and your bride you can do a special setting on a table perhaps on a windowsill i'm just giving you ideas so that you know what i'm talking about but you know you want to maybe focus on the shoes perhaps the back of the dresses if you're working with the bridesmaids you know these actually really will help to give you perhaps the end of an album or an extra dimension that will make your brides or your couples day a lot more exciting and a lot more unique and make sure that you're able to flick through a wedding magazine beforehand Maybe even if you go buy a newsstand or if you're at the grocery store and you want something catchy, some ideas. I know that in the past I've used ideas on Pinterest. If you don't have the time to go to perhaps a bookstore or a grocery store or perhaps the pharmacy where you're easily accessible or you have easily accessible magazines for weddings or ideas for your big day, You definitely want to check out, you know, apps like Pinterest or even Instagram because you focus on what is being shown and perhaps you can give yourself and get ideas. You can present those ideas to your couples and that could also help to make your shooting on that day a lot more special. You know, you definitely want to feel inspired because who your couple is and how they portray what they want to convey with their images is going to help you and that's going to raise your inspiration up to a hundred percent definitely look into that and i highly recommend it if you're able to another good tip is to be able to have more than one camera and this is where photographing if you're photographing solo working with two different styles of cameras could work for you if you're not pressed for time or if you have a little bit more flexibility on what your couple wants you're able to do that but also take into consideration and into play if you're focused on 
If your focus is to work with a second photographer, maybe a colleague or a friend, make sure that you do have two different types of cameras if that is a possibility because you're able to capture different aspects of that very special day. It could be perhaps if you're using one camera with a longer lens, perhaps a macro lens or perhaps a smaller lens where you capture different aspects of each of the areas or location of where your groups of families and friends or relatives are going to be. You know, you want to get creative on that. You know, I normally use my 70 to 200 millimeter lens and it usually works extremely well for me and i am able to switch between a lens or another if i'm working with just one camera which i've done in the past and i have that ready to go i clip it i move on if i'm working with two different cameras i shoot one with perhaps one camera in a different style and then focus on a more traditional with the other one and this is just to give you a few ideas. You are welcome to do as much as you can. You are always welcome to get more creative than you believe you can because you are the project managers of your photo shoots. You guys know who you're working with and you have a better idea. So the possibilities are endless. One great tip also is to consider a second wedding photographer, like I just said. I know that some of us tend to do everything solo, but if you confide in someone and you've worked with someone and perhaps you even wanna split the payment as an option, obviously, if you work together, you know, you wanna make sure that you're with someone that knows what they're doing. If they're familiar with what style you have of photographing, Discuss that with them, you know, have a strategy, develop a strategy. This will potentially allow you to have to move a little less around during the ceremony and other speeches. And it also will allow one photographer or the other to capture the formal shots while your other photographer gets maybe even more of those candid shots. And it does tend to take a little bit of the pressure off of you if you are just the solo photographer that is expected to get every single shot one other great tip is to again be bold don't be obtrusive there is a difference make sure that you realize and that you understand what the difference is between being bold and being intrusive i can't begin to tell you how many times as a solo photographer i have been the person that is creative that has been bold enough to get close enough to have those special moments captured but i i've had to deal with family members guests taking photographs of their their own and basically jumping into our shots or jumping into my shots and not allowing me to capture that idea or perhaps that concept that I had in order to make sure that I was doing what I needed to do. So you want to make sure that you understand that. You know, you can't always be timid. This is the type of field or the type of profession where you really can't afford to be timid. Many of us will tell you that as a photographer, I, I can tell you that that's a personal opinion of mine where I don't like being photographed, but I like to be the person to capture as much of that other individual or that subject as possible. I do photograph myself if it pertains to setting up something beforehand and I'm trying to convey a particular look, but you can't be timid you have to be upfront remember you have the power because you're responsible and you're pretty much in charge of making the most of those moments that you're capturing for these individuals you are the person in charge you basically are holding their moment in that particular time and you're supposed to capture it to the best of your ability so why not be 
bold. Why not focus on different things that you feel that your couple will like and will appreciate and take a risk? You know, now you don't want to be obtrusive because you don't want to get in front of someone in the middle of a speech. You want to make sure that you keep the right position for those key moments because they are important and that you're not disrupting their event because at the end of the day you are the number one person but you are photographing that event and you definitely don't want to disrupt it you want to make sure that you're smooth in how you move around that you have a plan for yourself and that you are not timid because again this is the type of profession where you really cannot afford to be timid you have to be out there you have to be willing to take a risk you have to be adventurous you have to be proactive and you have to be creative so make sure that you keep that in mind i will continue with a lot more tips another set of tips that i would greatly recommend is when focusing and going back to your equipment make sure that you have the best possible equipment i know i mentioned that you should have more than one camera we highly recommend it but if you can afford to get the best gear do it if you have the capability to get the best gear for yourself do it if you're not able to afford it hire it there are options out there where you can rent equipment that you can use for a few hours perhaps a couple of days whatever the need is there is a possibility for you to gain as much of your equipment that you'd like to have that you'd like to try out and use as possible you want to make sure that you also understand that you are doing a lot of different styles of photography wrapped into one package so make sure that you have you know a, a better understanding a greater understanding of all your shooting environments always again it almost sounds redundant but it has to be with your conditions and the conditions of the environment that you will be photographing in okay cameras again they are unique Um, you want to make sure that you're also able to focus on full frame sensors. We did just talk about this, but I want to reiterate it. Make sure that you know how to work your ISOs. Remember that if a picture tends to look blurry from the outside or perhaps the background is more blurry than the actual subject that you're photographing, that will depend on the lens that you're using. So make sure that you're using the correct lens, the lens that you feel most comfortable using and the one that will work for the type of photos that you're going to be shooting that day. Now, in my best ability and my best recommendation is to tell you that you definitely need a camera that shoots clean photos primarily at high isos ei perhaps an iso of 1600 and plus 1600 meaning 1600 plus which would be your iso and preferably one camera with good battery life and great autofocus those are definitely extremely important Make sure that if you're able to, that you research on dual memory card slots. And these are essential too, because despite what Canon cameras or many Canon cameras can do, um, anyone that you know that currently holds a Canon camera or Canon equipment will tell you that working with dual memory card slots is a great help. You have to think that many photographers that are out there, including myself, will switch from digital SLRs to perhaps mirrorless cameras for various reasons. And there's nothing wrong with working with a digital single lens reflex camera, a DSLR. Now, going back to talking about a potential backup camera, it doesn't have to be, again, the same model as the main camera that you're going to be using but it will greatly help you to be able to switch between the two if that's what you choose to do lenses again there's a huge variety of lenses out there that you're able to choose from if you've already started to practice whether it's portraits whether it's landscapes and you're comfortable using a particular style of lens make sure that it is adaptable from camera to camera because if there are any nikon camera holders out there you have to think that 
Canon is different than Nikon. Nikon will only work with Nikon. Canon has a little bit more flexibility. You are able to work with brands like Sigma and brands other than Sigma, or I'm sorry, Sigma. Uh, even Fuji um, lenses, you know, do your research, make sure that you understand, make sure that you're following through with the most comfortable lens that you know how to handle and that you can easily maneuver and manipulate as you're photographing. And one other suggestion would be, you know, if in a perfect world, obviously, or I should say in a perfect photographic world, if you could afford one particular type of lens, I would greatly recommend a 24 by 70 millimeter f-stop of 2.8 that will allow you to shoot an entire wedding very, very easily. Now, you may or may not be tempted to use a variant lens with, a, with an f-stop of 4 because your camera may or may not be able to struggle with low light or perhaps low levels of light. So be cognizant, do your research. Another option that I would say is, again, if you're using flash, make sure you do your research. And no matter how well your camera can handle high ISOs, you should still be able to bring along a couple of flashes just to entice and perhaps enhance what you're already working on with your built-in flash with your camera. You want to definitely invest in the right software tools that you're going to be making your edits with. There are a couple of software options out there besides Adobe. For those of you who are not able to afford a full subscription, there are different options that you could do on a monthly basis. I greatly encourage you to do your research, but I will give you a few that I've used in the past and that tend to work depending on your level of understanding and your level of knowledge of use of such software now for many of us wedding photographers out there we do have a challenge when it comes to our profession and it's not just taking pictures but it also is a combination of various tasks involved with managing our businesses Although many of us, you know, will and can definitely work with second shooters or second photographers, it's very likely that you will start off alone or solo as you begin to work and initiate your business of wedding photography. And this means that you're basically in charge of absolutely everything. I cannot express that enough. If you decide to go solo, you are responsible for every aspect of your work. You know, whether it's receiving emails from clients, perhaps working on editing your images, delivering and perhaps looking at options for backups in case the client loses an image or perhaps if you're delivering a, a, a set of images, whether it be via CD, I know it sounds odd, or whether it's through a streaming service or whether it's through a file sharing service, you want to make sure that you're running a comfortably profitable wedding photography business if you choose to go solo now there are other there there are a lot of great software tools out there like i just said that will definitely make your life a lot easier and perhaps even cut down your editing time if you're pressed for time now one particular that is responsible for studio management is called studio ninja But you definitely want to get yourself organized before you get too busy. So many professional photographers definitely need a CMS, which is a software program. And something like Studio Ninja is one of the best ones that I've seen out there. And their support is fast and definitely friendly if you have any questions as you're working through or perhaps using the software program for the very first time. For editing, you definitely want to try Lightroom. It is the lighter version of Photoshop or perhaps even um, Camera Raw because 
Although there are other great alternatives out there, I truly believe that Lightroom is still considered the wedding photographer's number one choice for editing and managing your photos. And so many of us photographers out there will use it in conjunction with Photo Mechanic for perhaps calling purposes and to have that flexibility to be able to make quick and simple edits as soon and as quickly as possible before you begin to share these images with your clients. Now, in reference to client galleries or perhaps image sharing, like I just said, there is a, a different program or a software called ShootProof. And obviously the days of sending your couples a USB drive containing their images is somewhat outdated i know many of us photographers out there do use it because there are people that are perhaps even a little bit more traditional in the sense that they want something light that they can keep their images in and perhaps use at their discretion but many of us photographers out there are and have become a lot more proficient in using online gallery platforms such as shootproof that will allow you to perhaps upload images in a specific type of cloud storage system and it is a backup where you can actually store physical copies of your images as you're able to share these with your clients for options if you're interested in providing services like album design there is one other software called smart albums too and before you decide that this is what you want to use you want to make sure that you have a wedding package that features both albums and other photo products for your clients because smart albums 2 actually allows you and helps you build albums for your wedding clients and allowing your clients to proof their images is very very easy on this particular software system now for those of you who are looking to upload your images on websites or perhaps your own websites there is a type of software called flow themes and if you have a domain name set up already and you're already hosting or this particular domain site is hosting you it's perhaps right about that time to invest in a good looking website theme it's never a bad idea, so keep that in mind. And it's a popular choice for a lot of wedding photographers this year alone. And the number one software program to go to is Flow Themes. Now, perhaps if you're looking to do a bit of image compression, maybe compressing images that you're able to share via email, if you're still going about it the more traditional way as opposed to using a USB port or a USB flash drive, there is a software called Rossi. And while shooting thousands of photographs, you know, for each of the weddings that you're gonna get and that you're gonna start booking, you're gonna leave and you're gonna be left with tons of image data to store. So some things like solid state hard drives or DSS, I think it's, um, or SSD, I'm sorry hard drives are perhaps one of the fastest options because you just plug it in it's an external drive i do use those as well um anywhere with a terabyte up to two to three terabytes that i leave up to you but you know they're the fastest option at the moment but again some because they're still a bit popular and because they're not as popular in my opinion of course as they should be they will remain at a little bit of a higher price so a good option is to use jpeg mini to reduce the size of your pictures and of course in conjunction with rossi to do the same with raw files you want to check out rossi online but we will also go ahead and post information about the site and the software on our instagram page lf photo space make sure to check that out as well for those of you who would prefer to use editing that is outsourced meaning that if you are great at taking the pictures but you're not really into editing or you've never really dabbled on it there are other options and there are, and, and it comes with this particular program called imogen ai 
So once you start to book a lot of weddings, like I just said, there's an easy way to scale your business to an outsource way or an outsource software that will go ahead and do the editing for you. Imogen IA is actually very affordable and it's fast and efficient. It's a good option to have, allowing you to preserve your unique style, meaning that you send these to be done somewhere else. They send them back to you. They're very quick, but you're able to handle that aspect of your business where you don't have to spend too much time focusing on this type of editing. Another tip that I would love to recommend is if you're interested in that editing aspect of it, when you've become more of a more proficient, I can say, or perhaps you're more knowledgeable than what you were when you initially started working with photos that were created for weddings, etc., etc. What you may want to focus on is perhaps having the ability to speed up your editing. So when you first start wedding photography, much or a lot of your post-production will usually take a little bit longer than usual. However, the more weddings you shoot, the more you edit, and the more you speed up the process and it can improve. So make sure that you're able to do that. Now, there are different ways to make that happen. So you want to make sure that you A, focus on using an import preset, meaning that you're able to import your photos with a preset that applies your base edits that you do on every photo. There are a couple of free presets on Lightroom, which I will share with you guys via LF Photo Space. But keep in mind, B, that you're able to create smart previews on import, and this makes Lightroom accessible and much faster to use than you would if you were doing one by one of those images. Another great tip is to see call positively. When culling your images, only select the keepers. Make sure that you ignore the other photos as wonderful as they may be. You want to make sure that you don't necessarily need to delete, but you can archive as well. So focus on the ones that you've already settled on choosing and presenting to your clients. You don't have to worry about, you know, if you want to delete others, you can, but focus on the ones that relate to each one of the parts of the theme that you're trying to go with as you look through your post-production images. Wanna, wanna try to use shortcut keys? Yes, I agree. You should be able to use shortcut keys. Make sure that you're able to learn all the main Lightroom shortcuts. Um, you're able to also set new tones or new ones up for actions that you regularly would be able to perform as you're editing, as if you were editing for the first time. And consider outsourcing, definitely. If you're looking to perhaps create a narrative select of images that focus on the theme that you're working on, also consider AI calling. And again, when I go back to considering outsourcing, that means, you know, depending on your time, depending on how many weddings you're shooting, or perhaps you simply don't like editing, outsourcing is a great way to do it. And it's a game changer. Make sure that um, you understand that if you're using this service, it is fast and it is affordable. It's a good solution to have, just something for you to consider. Another great and final tip would be to be able to educate your clients on your responsibilities as well as their responsibilities. Making sure that you share the information with them. Um, making sure that you educate your couples on where their responsibilities will lie on the wedding day, both in a contract and through your other communication. I did go very briefly over this at the beginning of our podcast, but I want to reiterate it. Um, you want to definitely feel free to give all the planning guidance that you want to your couple prior to the big day. But also you want to be clear about what you will do and what you won't be in charge of. So again, you're going to want to reiterate this to your couples. Tell them, this is what I plan to be responsible for. These are the items that I'm not going to be responsible for, which will lie under your responsibility. A great example of this is perhaps when you're doing family photos. 
you know, these often really do take place after the wedding ceremony. You want to make sure that they are expected. And like I said, if they're able to find a director or a coordinator that's able to coordinate some of the family shots, make sure that they know that it is their responsibility to be able to look to someone to help you with that. Another thing that I would definitely say is to learn to use light, work with light, make sure that it is lighting that's appropriate for all forms of photography, make sure that you understand, but make sure that you also understand that there's a difference between photographing your everyday events, but in comparison to weddings, it's a, it's a lot more important than that. We've definitely gone over that. I just wanted to make sure that you understood. Have a, a, a good understanding of what you're doing. Make sure that if you're focusing on group shots first as you're entering the ceremony or the post-ceremony reception, that you know who you're going to work with first. You know, make sure that you're able to capture everybody in their most beautiful or perhaps their most natural essence because it is important. And although some of these group shots may, may become intimidating at first, not just for you as a photographer, but perhaps the group that you're photographing, make sure that you let them know that you want them to be comfortable, that you give them a sense of comfortability where they know that they can be themselves. They don't have to feel like they're being photographed simply just to come up as one of the pictures. Make sure that you also learn your poses. It's definitely a great idea to allow your couples to pose as they would like, but also make sure that you understand and you go through a few options with them about potential poses that you have in mind. And that also gives them confidence that you actually know what you're doing when it comes to photographing your weddings. And one final other option and one final recommendation is to ensure that at the end of the day, at the end of your job, it is the moments that you capture that matter the most. So those special moments, the ones that you take a step back to make sure that you capture, those are the ones that matter and that is your work. To give them exactly what they didn't think that they needed, to give them an opportunity to see how unique they are as a couple with their family members, with their loved ones, and make sure that you welcome them to that very special day because that is going to be a moment that they will cherish and remember and treasure for the rest of their lives. And guys, with that, we end. We promise to come back and provide you with even more information. We're gonna gear up for the remainder of the summer. We wanna make sure that you guys know that we are here for you and we will see you and hear you and you will hear us next time. Have a great week. Have a great 4th of July. Photograph, be proactive and be bold. Thanks guys. Thanks guys.